Hello, everybody. This is Tiffany Carlson. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast for Spinalpedia. This is the Life After Paralysis show, and we are here to bring you our second episode. We are a brand new podcast, and you may have heard me from another podcast. I've been doing podcasts for a while, but we have a brand new podcast for Spinalpedia.com, and I hope you've checked us out. We are a nonprofit dedicated to helping people with spinal cord injuries return back to a normal life, and we also have a website full of thousands of uh, videos of people showing how to live their life after their injury, and we have all of them organized by injury level, so please check it out. Uh, sign up if you have some time. And so uh, back to the podcast. So today we have a really cool podcast. The topic is a hot topic. It's on a word that's basically a new word to describe something that's been around for thousands of years. And the word is ableism. And ableism is just the hot word in the disability community right now. It's another word for discrimination, um, but it's also much more than that. And we're going to talk about what the word means and how it affects our everyday lives and how we are ableists without even knowing it. So we're going to get into it. It's going to be a really good conversation. I'm bringing on three guests for the show today. We're going to be joined by Kelly Narkowski, uh, Tim Abbott, and Froy de la Pena. Really cool uh, group of people. We're all going to talk and share our insight and our own point of view. And just because we're all paralyzed or have a disability, sure does not mean we all have the same, you know, way of looking at ableism. And that, I think, is okay. And that's why we're having a group conversation. And we're going to let you guys listening out there hear what we all think about it. And it's really going to be cool. Kelly's been paralyzed for over 20 years. She's a paraplegic. Tim is from the UK. He's also a podcast host. And he has cerebral palsy, um, miles, so he can walk, but he uses a cane. And then Freud de la Pena is actually from the Philippines, but he lives in Montana, and he is also a paraplegic, and I am a quadriplegic, and I've been paralyzed for 26 years, so um, it's a really cool show. I want you guys to kind of have fun listening. If you have any insight or any comments, please send them to me. My email is listed on the podcast here, and if you don't want to look, go ahead and write it down. It's tiffanycarlson at gmail.com. That's T-I-F-F-I-N-Y-C-A-R-L-S-O-N at gmail.com. All right. I think I've talked enough. Stay tuned for the actual show, everybody. And thank you again for listening. I love you all. All right. Hope you enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Tiffany Carlson. Today, the topic is ableism, and we're going to have a really, hopefully, awesome conversation on this relatively new term. Um, And I brought up the definition, but before we get really too deep into the topic of ableism and what it actually means, I want to introduce our guests. We have three guests joining us today. We have Kelly Giannatasio-Narkowski, we have Tim Abbott, and we are joined by Froy D. La Pena. So let's start with Froy. Uh, Froy, will, will you uh, please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Froy, Froy de la Pena, and I'm originally from the Philippines. Migrated in the U.S. in 1985 when I was 16, right after I became disabled. I had a spinal cord injury due to a gunshot wound on my P11. Wow. All right. I'm currently in Boise, Idaho. Okay. And sorry, how old are you? 
I'm 50 now. 50 now. And 51. 51. <laughs> and what's your level of injury? P11. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. And uh, Kelly, how about you? Um, I'm Kelly, and I'm from, I will actually, I'm from the Kansas City area originally, and I'm living at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas right now. Cool. And I'm a military spouse, so I move around a lot. Um, I have been a wheelchair user for 20 years as a result of a spinal cord injury, a car crash when I was 25. Um, I'm obviously 45 now, and it is T6 complete, so I'm a paraplegic. All right. Wow. 20 years. And um, hey, Tim, how about you? Hi. This is Tim Abbott, as you said. I'm from England originally. I'm now living in Moorhead, Minnesota, which is basically Fargo. Uh, Just over the side of the river from there, I have a left hemiplegia from cerebral palsy um, mm-hmm. and that basically well so this mostly paralyzes my left hand side mm-hmm. that's the best way of describing it there's a whole bunch of other things I also have a hydrocephalus which kind of complicates matters on occasions mm-hmm. yeah that's a word that went right over my head but um, it's really great to hear your voice Tim I haven't spoken with you for a while it's great to hear from you um, well, everybody, welcome to the show. And, you know, uh, ableism, it's kind of a new term, right? And I feel like I'll, I've been watching and reading a lot about ableism just to get ready for the show today. And it seems like from everyone that's talked about it that it's new, like from the last few years. And so I kind of wanted to start out by asking everybody, when did you first hear about the term ableism in your like in your world? And what, what, what did you think about the word ableism when you first heard about it? Anyone can start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tiffany, I don't really remember yeah? the first time I heard about it. I've used it for many years. Okay, okay. Um, my guess is six or eight years ago, but that's just a guess. But I um, use it frequently, pretty much daily. Yeah, okay. And I feel like it's new to me, too. And that's why I, I'm asking the question, because it wasn't really a term in the 90s, I don't think, right? No, it just recently... And it's just another label we're in, but the issue is it's been around forever. Exactly. So we just labeled it as ableism now. I know. It, exactly. It's, yeah. a, it's a new word for yeah. an old problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Sorry. Sorry. sorry, man. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I haven't tended to use it myself. I only really came across it in the last couple of years even, mm-hmm. uh, would have just tended to use the word discrimination and and kind of deal with it like that. Although obviously that gets confusing because there are multiple levels in which behavior can be discriminatory. But yeah, ableism as a term is extremely new to my uh, usage and I don't tend to voluntarily use it. I'll reflect on it if other people do. Yeah, it's crazy. And the definition, I'll just read it for everybody, just so everyone listening to can kind of know what the definition is. There's two, there's one on Wikipedia, but the one I found on ableism.org, it says this, the practices and dominant attitudes in society that devalue and limit the potential of persons with disabilities, a set of practices and beliefs that assign inferior value to people who have developmental, emotional, physical, or psychiatric disabilities. But then if you go to Wikipedia, it's a little bit different. I kind of like their definition better. And you guys can tell me what you think is better. But it says ableism is discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities who are perceived to have disabilities. And ableism characterizes 
persons as defined by their disabilities as inferior to the non-disabled. And I think, and so anyways, so I think it's an interesting word. I like the word. Do you guys like the word? Oh, I love it. We finally have a word for it. I know. You got racism, sexism, homophobia, all these other things. I, <laughs> I love that I use it pretty much daily. I love it too. I love that the word is now a thing. So, all right. I can see what you, I can see what you mean. Sorry, you can see what you mean. I mean, it is it certainly it captures it a lot smoother than well, disability discrimination does. Absolutely, it does. It's great. And it's funny because it seems with this whole diversity movement, ableism has always seemed to, seems to be the last thing people want to talk about. But now that we got our word, I think we hopefully will have a better opportunity. You know, doesn't it seem like ableism is now being talked about more and more? And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it today with you guys. And one of the things, too, was internalized ableism. And that is an interesting topic of ableism because it talks about how you and me and we have our own ableist attitudes even towards ourselves. Sometimes we don't even realize it. And I and I think like the shame that sometimes we feel as disabled people, that can that's because of living in an ableist society. And I think hopefully one day that can change. But do you have anything you want to say on this topic of internalized ableism? That's something I think well, that's really cool. Tiff, that's some that's kind of that's the one thing that did occur to me when we when I was wondering what I would be able to contribute to this conversation. Yeah. Because I've gone through a kind of process, lots of us have actually on this show, we were describing our background. I've gone through a process that's slightly different from the other guests here in that I have always been disabled, but the perception of myself as disabled kind of changed. My own attitude to my disability kind of altered and kind of fluctuated. And the internalized ableism is relevant because Mm -hmm. if you... If you're born with a disability, then quite a lot of what you deal with is the headwinds of internalized ableism. Of course, yeah. I can't imagine. Like, you literally grow up with people telling you what you can't do. So that's pretty difficult. That is, And then that, that fits straight into internalized ableism, because then you have to work out how much of it is, well, accurate. To be fair, some criticisms of what you physically or psychologically so psychologically can do are accurate but they're not helpful if you're trying to progress in the world and sometimes you need to take a deep breath and go okay well that criticism is accurate but the other stuff is just straight up ableist and the fact that i carry this condition does not mean that i have to swallow everything that everybody has ever said about disabled people in society and being born that way and since i know you can walk but you use a cane and so was there ever a point when you were younger where your parents felt really kind of motivated to make sure you looked normal and could walk normal and all these quote-unquote normal activities oh yeah um i and i I use this phrase advisedly but i passed as non-disabled i would argue for the first 30 odd years of my life Mm. um i only started using my cane in my mid-30s okay and um at all that 20, 30-year period, everyone was basically pushing me to look and be normal. And that, that's my family. That's the medical establishment. Their aim was always, okay, let's make, you, let's make Tim look as 
uh, as little disabled as possible. And you can imagine the effect that would have on my sense of self-esteem. Oh, yeah. Because I know I was just, I always knew I was disabled, but people kept telling me that this was something that I shouldn't own, right. really. Um, and I'm, yeah, so I'm not going to single my family out, but my family mm-hmm. certainly, I mean, I, I get it. My family, right. they, they just you. want, they, they want stuff to be, they just want stuff to be smooth. Right. And I get that. Right. Yeah. We live in an ableist world. And so we're, you know, being able-bodied is valued, of course, above being disabled. And when I became injured and became suddenly a disabled person, I struggled, and I'm sure Kelly and Freud can comment on this, with like feeling that I wasn't worth what I used to be. And that was a long process of just self-acceptance. And Kelly and Freud, feel free to chip in on this, because I think this is a really hard topic, and but it's a good one to talk about. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned internalized ableism, I don't, I feel like I've gotten over that, but I certainly had it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I, my injury occurred, I was 25 and had kind of been a little hottie in college. And then I thought, what man's going to want me? Mm-hmm. And that's because of my own ableism that I had before. Right. Um, and then I felt, yeah, less valued. People are, you know, going to stare and treat me differently. And, and that did happen. And it does but, happen. Very long process of uh, self-acceptance took years. Absolutely, it's hard. How about you, Freud? Well, you see, that's that's the thing that um, being an able body before and then becoming disabled. I mean, it's it's tough. It's not just physically, but also mentally mm-hmm. um, and emotionally. I have just like Kelly. I have lost. Um, my self-esteem, my self-worth, my um, self-confidence mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. I um, moved here in, in the U.S. where again, uh, I spent my high school here and then, um, and you know how high school life is. So, um, That's great. So, um, um, what do you call this? A cheerleader. Yeah. A cheerleader, a cheerleader um, showed an interest on me. <laughs> and from there, basically, we went out, we started dating, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and that's how I gained my self-confidence, because oh. at first I thought, just like mm-hmm. you, Jeff, uh, I, you know, I told myself, who, who would want me now? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess it's just that we just need to take that lift, that, um, that accomplishment, that, um, like in, in my case, I started out dating a cheerleader, a cheerleader who is a popular in, in, in school. <laughs> and so I also became popular that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's great. And, you know, I see what you're saying. You know, being accepted by someone like an, a cheerleader, and you were disabled, right? You were already in your wheelchair at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I um, I just started riding my wheelchair. You changed my mobility from okay. cane. Okay. I started out with just using a cane and... Um, then later on, moved to two crutches, but because of my ego, because uh, <laughs> I don't want to ride the wheelchair because of the right. wheelchair, the stigma of the wheelchair. Exactly. To the practice. But in 2013, um, that's when I switched almost 100% of the time riding my wheelchair, preserving the wear and tear of my uh, my joint. That's my great. Hip, my I'm glad that you. I'm, I'm glad you switched over. A lot of people say when they finally switched from a, a you know a cane to a, using a wheelchair, 
they kind of fight it for a long time, but once they accept it, it's kind of a new lease on life because they can finally do everything that was a struggle before. And it's kind of, but it's that wheelchair, that that image of the wheelchair, right? It's the stigma of the wheelchair that that you're in a wheelchair, you cannot stand. And people would just basically amaze of me that you know, if whenever I, I would stand up from my wheelchair, because they assume people assume that when they, when you're in a wheelchair, you, basically you're paralyzed. Oh yeah, they assume that. <laughs> I bet they're always like, "Wait a second, you're pretending." <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And especially now, I'm using one of those scooters that are not. It's not one of those radical scooters that are heavy and well, I use one of those regular scooters but it's three wheel okay those are cool. so it, they, they think I'm just joyriding it inside <laughs> um, <laughs> inside, <laughs> or inside the casino <laughs> yeah. that's pretty funny I, mm-hmm. I had to place that disabled placard on my scooter just to <laughs> let everybody know that look I need this it, that's a no, that's a whole other topic too. Just people assuming how people must be if they're disabled. That's that's really annoying for me as well. I, but I kind of you guys. I was wanting to maybe next. Do you guys want to talk about some of the ableist experiences we've kind of seen in our own day to day lives? I, I know I've sure experienced it. Whether I've applied for a job or dating, especially in the dating world, and. I feel like it's so difficult just living in a society where ableism is so pervasive that people don't even realize it's a thing. And I feel like, you know, as a, as adults, when when have you felt ableism has really made it difficult in your life? Yeah, dating's an interesting one, Tiff, because I I mostly got away. I've mostly got away with it, but I did have one incident where somebody at the end of the date decided to then tell me that they in their words, something on the lines of they couldn't cope with my condition. And I was like, well, that's not your job. That's what? my, that's kind of my responsibility to worry about the CP. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm mostly get away with it because I'm, I can frequently pass as non-disabled. I don't come across that many uh, access hurdles compared okay. to wheelchair users, for instance. Would you ever yeah. feel disinclined to share? I mean, we don't, obviously, none of us should tell possible employers that we have a disability on, like, a resume, for example. But when you go into an interview, can then they, is it, are you able to completely hide your disability to the point where they have no idea when you sit down? Um, interesting question. Yeah. Not the CP, but I do, I can... I have a, a quite a complicated medical history in general, and I have some uh, psychiatric uh, conditions that I'm treated for, and, okay. and I can kind of hide those until they become up, until they kind of flare up, and so I could hide them, but I tend to go into in any job interview in situations like that with all guns blazing and then if they don't want to give me the job then that's their <laughs> I think that's a, actually a better way to do it you might as well let your disability be right there center set for forefront so people must know what what they're going to be getting in for right like I, I have an anxiety disorder and so I kind of had to tell them that the job that I do can be quite stressful. I had to tell them that I might need to like take a break from what I'm doing and, you know, collect my thoughts. 
<laughs> and they're fine, and they were fine with it. So that's kind of that's useful. My employer has been very understanding. I also had brain surgery like oh, a uh, year and a half ago. Wow! And they were uh, okay with that. Um, that's which, good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, and thankfully, I'm uh, I'm okay afterwards. Have you uh, have you found that the attitudes in Minnesota are better than what you countered when you lived in the in the UK? Uh, that's a that's also an interesting question. I I I think maybe people are a little bit more scared to start the argument here. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know the attitudes are any better. I think they're just mm-hmm. they just keep they just keep their thoughts to themselves <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, that's, that's maybe passive true. aggressive mm-hmm. rather than directly aggressive. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but I also haven't navigated the social security disability system, for instance. Whereas in the UK, I spent a lot of my spoons and a lot of my time navigating the uh, the benefits system in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot more angry feedback because I was almost encouraging people to have arguments with me that were disability related, whereas in the US I'm kind of mostly a functioning member of society and haven't had to. All right. Well, that's great. And I know that you met, the reason you came to Minnesota is you met a, a woman that you met. And I think the reason I bring that up is because I want to talk about just dating a little bit cause I think we should all maybe yeah. just talk about it a little bit. But with you, Tim, you, since you could hide your disability, did you, when you first maybe were dating, did you ever feel like you didn't want to show it as well because you were worried about people not accepting you? Yeah, I yeah, that's that's a I think that's fair because you know, I was just talking about job interviews a moment ago, mm-hmm. and I would say in contrast to that, dating, I very definitely did go in there with my guard up. And I would basically just try and do things normally. And then if they brought up the question of why I was hobbling or, <laughs> you know, why I was eating everything with one hand, <laughs> then I would probably have to tell them why that was the case. It's kind of hard to completely, it's pretty pretty close to impossible to hide my disability all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I was lucky in terms of, where I am now, I'm yeah married to another disabled person. So exactly. when I started dating her, uh-huh. I was not really that worried about hiding my disability because um, without going through her medical history, it's um, a lot more. It was it's a lot more problematic than mine. Even I was different, maybe different problems. The better way of putting it. Did you um, did you meet her online? Was it one of those things you had a profile and you put your disability in it and then you kind of talked? Uh, well, I met her online, but it wasn't dating nope. sites. I met her online talking baseball, and I and I also I met her online talking because uh, I'm an activist. I met her mm-hmm. online talking around the show that I do and the the Twitter feed that's associated with Mm -hmm. that. So um, Your show, by um, the way, is do you still do your show? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. You should share with later. Um, I do it on a local radio station out here now. Okay. Um well, you know, so, yeah. that's great. Okay, Kelly and Freud, do you guys have any um anything to say about maybe dating as with a disability? Did you ever come to a, a point where you felt maybe it was better just to put everything out there and not I know I did at first. I would try to do a headshot and then I realized that showing my wheelchair was much more successful when I was dating. I'm a I don't know if you have any th- comments on that. I did well, the same thing. 
Tiffany. I've been married for 14 years, so mm-hmm. I have to think way back. But yeah, um, I've been with him 14 years and married 13. But yeah, um, I think I have to think back. And, and the online profiles, uh, they give you like whatever five pictures or they did then, and I would put like uh, two headshots and then the other three just good chick pictures in the chair showing the chair mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to hide it or go through. Um, you know, having a bunch of good headshots and then getting rejected later. <laughs> so I wanted to put it out there. It's hard. It was hard. I, I remember I one time logged into Match.com and I had a thousand views and that one person had written me, but I would put my disability right there in the first paragraph. And, I, you know, you experience a lot of discrimination in the dating when you're dating and you have a disability. It's just hard. It's really hard. But I feel like we live in an ableist society, so a lot of people see us, I feel like, as partners that aren't, as valued, but not everyone thinks that right. It doesn't feel good either, does it? It feels so terrible. And I don't know. There, It's just, it's been a journey. I am so glad that you're happy and you found someone. And hey, Freud, how about you? What, what has your life been like in that kind of, since you've been living here? <laughs> well, um, like what I said, I mean, ever since um, I started dating a cheerleader, um, mm-hmm. that never had been a problem for me, lucky mm-hmm. for me. But one thing that, that I notice, because uh, I do a lot of um, coaching, I do a lot of volunteering and helping other um, my fellow people with disabilities when it comes to, to personal growth and development. And what I usually tell them that you, know, you got to own your disability. You, <laughs> it, it's all about being confident about yourself. How you carry yourself makes a huge difference. So true. It, Think of your wheelchair, think of your crutches, think of your cane as just like any other accessories like sunglasses mm-hmm. or um, a vest or a jacket. You need it. It's a necessity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like and that. So, so think of it it's just like another accessory that, that you wear on your body. <laughs> and it's how you talk and how you carry yourself makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we don't, we, it takes a while to learn that, though. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that is something that we need to work on it internally. That we need to first accept ourselves before others can accept us. How can someone love us if we can't even love ourselves? That's how can someone trust us if we can't even trust our own ability? That's true. This is true. It's good. It starts so, with us. When we're interact when when we're interacting with other people, we need to send that message across to them that look, I am confident with myself. I am comfortable with myself. Like this wheelchair, mm-hmm. it's nothing. I can still do whatever I want to do. <laughs> I like that. And when it, it's still good. Everything is functional. And if it's I'm not functional... Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. When it comes to functional, you know, I mean, of course there are other accessories out there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you could... Cool, it, yeah. Again, it has to... We need to own our disability and be proud of it rather than being king. All right, That's Kel- just the way I looked at it. When it comes to, to dating, you got to lay all your cards first and let them know, you know, because it, it's just a waste of time, your time, 
eye time mm -hmm. and day time, getting to know each other, and then finally finding out that, oh, we're disabled, and then they're going to drop the ball or not. So right there, it's a good piece of conversation as well. It is. You're right. Kelly, were you going to mention, and, Kelly, were you going to say something? Oh, Freud reminded me of a, a funny story. Uh, many years ago, uh, I guess it probably would have been 2009, um, my website guy, the guy that was dealing with my website, um, was talking. Well, that. But um, anyway, he, Mike said, the website guy said, um, well, your husband married that too. And he pointed at my wheelchair. What? And I, yeah, I said, Mike, that's the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I said, did your wife marry your eyeglasses? This is a piece of medical equipment, just like your eyeglasses. It's no different. Yeah. And it, that, it probably reminded me of that. Wow. That's pretty rude. People, and that's an ableist behavior that he thinks is totally okay, which is actually really discriminatory. And unfortunately, people still get away with treating us like that. And, and I'm glad you said something, though. That's so what we have to do is try to advocate for ourselves so do you guys uh, yeah go ahead oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to, to interrupt no, you no go ahead uh, i was just going to say that instead of being offended by those type of comments mm -hmm. i usually tell people that you know they don't know any better that's their level of thinking do not step down on their level of thinking but rather explain to them just like what kelly did it's no different than your your reading class that you're wearing. You need it to, to do your job, right? Exactly. And we need our wheelchair to, to do whatever we want to do. It's just a different way of doing things. Do you ever feel... Uh, so go ahead. Sorry, Tim. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, anger or otherwise aside, it is a reflection of what society is like. Like racism, sexism, kind of a in the background of quite a lot of conversations, so is ableism. It's not people deliberate, not always people deliberately trying to be offensive, but they might not even realize they are being. It's just that this is so normal. Like I was right. saying with the internalized ableism, it's just yep. what normal conversation is not very high valued when it comes to, and, and you're absolutely right. Yep. There's not really a perception of assistive equipment as being equipment not <laughs> sort of part of the self exactly yeah there you go exactly. yeah you, you you nailed it Tim. perfectly I mean, said it's, it's, it's no different than being politically correct mm -hmm. other people just don't have the the tact that or you know the finesse of putting the right words together and that's why it comes across being offensive to other people. But just because they don't know any better. Exactly. Can I with this? Say that again? Can I just... Yeah. Can I just... I um, love what they're saying, but I'm harsher about this. Okay. I don't have it like it's okay or, or that it's... I definitely don't look at it like it's the same as political incorrectness. Mm -hmm. I look at it as internalized superiority yeah and it's it um subconscious mm -hmm. but it's coming out it's not okay mm -hmm. it's not a, unsolicited <laughs> offers of assistance exactly they don't, say, oh, mm -hmm. they don't know anybody they think it's charity disguised as superiority 
They're either trying to make themselves be, feel better yeah. and using us as an object to do so, to get themselves in heaven or feel good for the day. <laughs> it's not okay. Oh, now, it's not okay to be rude or, or for anything. But what, what I'm trying to say is that first we have to look at their intention. Did they really intend to to offend us? Now, if, if it's in purpose that they're just being rude to, to offend us, then yes, then we need to defend ourselves. But rather, I think we, we need more awareness well, to other people. Yeah, but and, yeah. And it's so different. Uh, again, it's I'm um, trying to, to use the politically correct uh, as an analogy, but it's just like talking religion and politics. Mm. We all have our own belief system. And when it comes to personality, that's the superiority that, that I think Kelly is talking about. That <laughs> others have to, to, to put down others so that they would look good. Yeah, that happens that's all the time. That they are better people than, than, than other people. That just, it, now we're talking about different people, behavior, and personality now. But we have to look at the intention, really. <laughs> and when it comes to the intention, I mean, we have to, to educate them as well and explain our side. And I'm sure that when, when you explain that to your website developer, uh-huh. what was his reaction? Was it an enlightenment? Kelly? Oh, he was wondering if what was your web developer's reaction when you when you when you responded to that wheelchair comment. He looked a little startled because he never thought of it that way, and then he said, "You're right." Yeah, yeah. See, now and, we, and I well, before I said, I mean, in my case, and you, you guys, I don't know. You have to tell me, tell us what you think. But ninety nine nine percent of the time. Uh, ableism occurs in my life mm-hmm. it's not malicious intent on a conscious level right and that's it's exactly a subconscious belief uh, that does it right but you still should say and something mm-hmm. yeah and that, i think that's i think that's where we all agree i think that this is that it's at a societal level mm-hmm. and that's the question is whether or not people are intentionally i mean again it doesn't change the way you probably doesn't change the way you respond to it but yeah, that lots of people say this stuff well, automatically, almost on autopilot. Absolutely, they do. I, that's a different. That's a different thing. Is you is that that no, no one should expect free education from disabled people <laughs> either. Let me just make oh, that. Oh God! Don't get me started on that. Oh my God! Well, <laughs> they call it emotional labor. We don't owe them emotional labor. <laughs> oh man. Hey. You see, I think that the way I looked at disability is no different than being, when it comes to different people's personality and superiority, it's no different than racial discrimination or being, um, or bigotry that, you know, that they are better than, than the, the other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's their personality. And like well, we kept that, 99% of it are not intent. It's not intentionally said or done to to hurt us or to offend us. But it's so they pervasive they don't even realize it. And that's 
I think, why we're getting to it. It's like like using the word lame. Have you ever used the word lame to describe something? And you know the word lame means literally not being able to walk. And I use the word lame even. And I just realized that's an ableist freaking word. And we and I, it's just bad. It's, I think it's a lot. People may not realize it, but it's it still needs to be talked about. And I and I will. And I, yeah. It really just to use any at all i really i work on it you can't say crazy mm-hmm. idiot moron um, none of those because um and when you're talking politics it's hard not to sometimes yeah and you just have to uh yeah. I, I don't let myself because of their history there's also i i get i have a problem with with people using spazzing and spaz oh yeah see and that those are extre- those are extremely commonly used just to describe people being clumsy. And it's like, that actually directly relates to my condition. I'd rather you didn't use that. Yep. Thank you very much. Yep, yep. And that's good to talk about well, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was just get, get, going to add something about terminology and language. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it is a um, normal thing that, um, that people get used to it, even before the acceptance of disability in, in the U.S., mm-hmm. just like just like slavery, like I am involved in um, in poker heavily. It's 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 my passion. Cool. Okay? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, and Tiff, I think you can relate to this because um, I, I read about your bio that, that you play poker as well. I'm not that good, but I I've always wanted <laughs> to be good at it. <laughs> so anyway, the word "simple" is is normal. Mm-hmm. The word limp is normal, and for me, it it does it doesn't bother me or it doesn't offend me. But rather, when 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 playing at the table, I even make fun of it myself. I make fun of myself. So say I went in in a pot, and somebody would would say, "Oh, um, play um, limps in." Well, I always do. Don't you ever notice that? Oh, uh, so you're 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 taking control of the word, which is, I think, a really cool thing to do. I like that. Exactly. I mm-hmm. we just need to, to again. We need to own it. Mm-hmm. it. We need to be able to to control the the situation, the conversation we're in. In this case, you know, when I say, "Yeah, I, I limp in," I limp in all the time. Even, <laughs> the table then you know this me the way i walk <laughs> and so everybody then laughed at it but there's one poker player that was offended because um somebody just mentioned the word crippled no mm-hmm. that crippled him a commentary yeah yeah but it wasn't really pertaining to him physically but it was referring to the chip i think that yeah it, well, was crippled because of that hand. <laughs> he lost steps that crippled him. So, and, and again, mm-hmm. it, it's a matter of us whether are we going to let these things offend us? Because if and when it offends us, then we lose. We lose emotionally. I see. I see the point you're making, and 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 you're right. We don't want to get too caught up in just language, but the reason we're talking about language is because it's it's just we're so used to it, right? We don't even think about it, and I think that's why we're talking about it. Is so it's people at least think about it, and they think about it so they don't just casually use words like 
And that's what I think causes discrimination is the start of just casually using these kind of words. And, and I think that's really why it's, it's important to kind of bring up the words sometimes, you know what I mean? You guys, right? Right. But when you have to look at how the word was used, Mm -hmm. was it used to intentionally, intentionally offend us? Or was it used as as the terminology that oh that's lame, that's right? Right. You might not have used it to offend someone, but the fact that that term is accepted as just a term in our language should not be accepted anymore. Like the word handicapping, we're going to handicap that bet, or it's just disabled. Being disabled by inherently is a negative thing because of all of the language in our in our language that is used to describe things that are by their nature negative. And I, and that's, well, you're absolutely, you know you're what absolutely I mean? right. If it, yeah. it boils down to the use of these words to, as a synonym for bad for or bad. broken. Or that's what I'm ugly. trying to, exactly. And that's kind yeah. of this issue at hand. And so I, I hear what you're saying for, you don't want to get too caught up in it, but it's also just important for our future society to think about because when these words are so casually used, it can sometimes lead to behavior you don't even realize that you have, I guess is the point. That, yes, that, that, that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's no different than using the word, the N-word. Exactly, well. exactly, yes, yes. Or the R-word, we can't use the word gay. People used to use the word <laughs> gay to say something that's bad, like, oh, that's gay, that means it's bad, right? But it's just important, like, I wanted to talk about, too, if you guys have been asked this by someone, a stranger, like, I was once asked... Quite, I'm asked this often. What happened to me? Like just by complete strangers, and I feel oh, like yeah. you know, and people feel like they can just ask you because for some reason your disability makes it so you don't have to be as respected. I feel like, and how do you feel when people strangers just think they can ask you what happened to you, and don't you feel like that's a bit ableist too? I usually just say, "Oh, it's a long story." That mm-hmm. is, yeah. I don't feel like in the mood of talking to them. Mm-hmm. I would I would just say, oh, it's a long story. It's a long story. And then turn around and then just cut off the conversation right there. Mm-hmm. Do any and, of you, um, Freud or, or um, Kelly or Tim, how about you guys? Do you guys mind if someone asks? I personally get offended, but. Tiffany, I know you hate that one. We've talked about this before. I remember mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Um, for some reason... That one doesn't get as under my skin okay. as other ones. Okay. But I mean, I don't enjoy being asked that much. But uh, <laughs> I just say, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but yeah. I, get, I, like, I don't like patronization. When I roll through the door of a restaurant, yeah. I don't want, I, I get mad when, uh, or uh, I don't like it, I should say. Um, right, right. When someone says, oh, you're good at that, aren't you? <laughs> you know, just the door. That kind of stuff upsets me a lot more than you yes, know what see. happened. Absolutely, I, you're you're sure fast over there. You're doing really good over there. Or wow, you're you're just you're so inspirational over there. And I get so sick of people wanting me to be their inspiration just because I'm rolling around. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That is very offensive. That gets to my nerves too. Mm-hmm. But I don't let it ruin my day, though. What if you're already having a bad day? Doesn't it bother you for 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the best, yeah. And mm-hmm. 10 minutes is my max. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. just, 
I, I don't let it ruin your entire day. Right. Just because some asshole, some bitch, I'm, I don't know if I can. You could totally <laughs> swear. It's all right. Yes, yes. <laughs> but don't, don't, don't let those assholes and bitches and rude people ruin your day. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I, I will, however, let them know that what they just said is inappropriate, though, and I will roll away with my chin up high, and I hope that I gave them something to think about. I will do that. Usually, usually, if someone asks me what happened to me, they get the entire life story and they're just bored out of their mind by the end of it. <laughs> Mostly because um, people have really weird ideas of what cerebral palsy is, and so they don't. Having met somebody who doesn't sound like they're disabled, and CP has the very obvious. If you you will recognize it. People mm-hmm. with CP quite often have a speech impairment. Oh, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. So you meet someone with CP that sounds normal. They're, they're kind of surprised and shocked. So it's kind of useful. Again, emotional labor. But I feel like it's useful for me to say, this is the condition. This is how it <laughs> happened. And, and for what it's worth, this is where I am in the situation right now. And that, I wouldn't go into explaining my psychiatric history in that way because um, other than joking about taking Valium, which I actually do have as a medication, um, I just say that for kind of shock value. But yeah, the physical disability, I don't mind explaining to them what it actually is because most people have a misconception of what CP can be. That's a good point. So you're kind of using that as an opportunity to educate, which is cool. It it is. It is an opportunity for us to Mm -hmm. teach other people. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's, um, like, that reminds me when when someone asked me what happened to you. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, I was just, having a bad day as well mm-hmm. and so the the person that, that asked me what happened to you and so I said my comeback to them is oh I'll tell you if you tell me first what happened to you oh I like but, that <laughs> how, how did you become obese <laughs> <laughs> and so that's good one habit way for us to turn the table around and give them a taste of their own medication. I love that. I love that. Right? Because <laughs> got the conversation. And without me telling them that, oh, that's how rude of you, I don't need to know you actually <laughs> what happened. Yes. I, and we got to be, uh, we got to think quick. Yeah. Because then we, we need to, to, to um, in order for us to turn the table around on them, we need to be observant about, you know, what's wrong with them. Or, you know, just say if, if glasses is a normal thing, okay? Yeah. Reading glasses. You tell me what happened to, to, to your eyes. How come you're wearing glasses? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comeback. That's a good comeback. I actually, this is the craziest comeback that I've told to a lady. She asked me how I got hurt, and I said, I will only share with you my very personal story if you share with me something personal. So how about you just tell me your favorite sex position? I love it. Yeah. She had no idea what to tell me. But I'm like, that is about equal to the personal kind of depth that she's asking me to give to her. And I'm like, I don't know you. And so now she can kind of understand what kind of feeling that is when you someone asks you something like that. And she didn't, of course, give me an answer. So I moved right along. 
But, there you go. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. turning the table around on them. There's another old person that says he's really elderly and then so he asked me to do some tricks on, on um, my wheelchair. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> and he was saying, oh, my daughter can do this and that, that he's also on the wheelchair. That's how, um, I mean, it was unintentional. I, right. I can tell that, you know, it, I guess during their generation, it's just normal. Yeah. And so I, 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 I told him that because he's using a cane. Well, no, I will do a trick if you can do a trick first for me. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's great. <laughs> He's using a cane to walk, and so I said, well, if you can run and do a backflip, then I'll do a trick for you. <laughs> I, I love that. That's awesome. I love it. And I think it makes people definitely think, and that's kind of what I hope, what I say, too. It makes people think, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. And hopefully... You know, I think being disabled, we have to kind of be advocates in our day-to-day -day lives, and it can be kind of tiring sometimes, but it's kind of, maybe it's what we're supposed to do. Do you feel like it's kind of our role to be an advocate? Yes. Advocate for ourselves and for others. In the community, I know. In the community that, you know, asking those kind of questions is not, it's not acceptable. So what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think, yeah. I think, well, I already am an, ad, uh, an activist, yeah. so maybe I have a little bit of a different perspective on it. But yeah, I, I definitely think we do, although I will repeat, it's not, it's up to us mm -hmm. individually. It is up to us whether we want to be in that space. It can be very tiring. It can be. To be, to be the educators all the time. It can be. Sometimes you just want to live your life and not have to think about having to change it, right? So, well, I have to get here in a bit, but I guess my, my closing remarks were, were to, to everyone, even to your listeners. Yeah, yeah. But first, we got to look at the intention. And if we and how the words was used. Was it used uh, directly to us, pertaining to, to us? Mm -hmm. Either being sarcastically or not before we get offended. If mm -hmm. it's just, you know, casual terminology and then, you know, Mm -hmm. um, let's not be offended by it. Okay. I like what you have to say, Farah. We, I, I see what you're saying. And I, I hope people out there enjoyed hearing your remarks. And you were, I thank you for sharing your story with us, too, Farah. It was really great to hear your perspective, especially since you are from the Philippines and stuff. So it's awesome. And you'll have to teach us some poker tricks one day on how to win. All right. I will. And th <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you, Farah. Have a great day. Bye. So, um, so Tim and Kelly, before we end the show, I just was going to ask if you guys have any kind of lasting last comments. Maybe you wanted to share as well. Um, it's crazy talk. Like yeah, talked about this for five hours. Yeah. So no kidding. Yeah. Um, back many many years ago, right after my injury occurred, mm -hmm. I remember speaking to um, the director of a center of independent living, mm -hmm. and we were talking about discrimination. And I said, I've never been discriminated against based on my disability. Mm -hmm. And I'd been in a chill four years. Mm -hmm. And then he said, but you said that you went to a restaurant and there was a step. And I said, yeah. And he's like, that's discrimination. Mm. And so, since then, I've looked at it that way and yep. have tremendous amount of advocating for uh, removal barriers, architectural barriers. And, that's awesome. And uh, that is part of ableism, is my point. 
That is such a great point, Kelly, and that was a topic I wanted to bring up, but we probably aren't going to have time. But yeah, in, ableism also is just an architecture, and people don't even think about it. That's such a huge thing. That's crazy. Yeah, it's again. I mean, it's something that I see less of, um, unless I'm unless I'm with other activists, because I I use a cane. I don't use a wheelchair. There's very few access barriers. I can't get around or over. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, my well, my, my last thoughts. Like, I, there aren't. Re- there's nothing really unique in what I'm about to say, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think we, I would, I would say that it's, it's, first of all, we're allowed to be angry. This is something I didn't really want to say because Troy was um, quite happy to not be angry. Yeah. We are allowed, we are allowed to be angry in the face of these things. But yeah. also I would personally say if you can channel that anger into educating people in what they're doing wrong, if they're willing to be educated, some people are just trolls. <laughs> Um, oh, you're so good, Tim. <laughs> not everyone's a troll, so <laughs> at least start by saying, okay, well, do you want to know the answer to that question, or are you just being horrible? Okay, then <laughs> I'm just going to back away, <laughs> or I'm going to tell you what it is that you just did wrong, because you seem to be a little bit surprised that I'm offended by that, right. so here it is. Yes, yes. I like that. And, you know, you and I have both been doing this for a while, Tish. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing new in what I've just said. If people have listened to my show, (laughs) I spent quite a lot of time basically trying to do that and bringing in conditions I don't necessarily understand so that people can explain what it is about them. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, you know, it's it's crazy. I think we live our lives and we kind of, I sometimes forget about that ableism is, is just, it's constantly affecting us at every moment, I think, living our lives in this world and we're so used to it that I think that it's just great that we're finally talking about it and I know that Freud doesn't want us to get too negative and I see what his point is, but I really feel that it's, it's awesome that we're really talking about this as an issue and that there's actually a real word ableism to tie to it and I think this only means that we can hopefully have a brighter future when it comes to you know trying to change this I think so that's how I feel well the joy of the joy of these things is that we just had a conversation people are allowed to have their own perspectives on it and Mm -hmm. you know the listeners can let us know what they think absolutely and you know can you share the name of your podcast for everybody listening to Oh, yeah, it's Technical Difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest way to find it is www.cryptcast.org. Love it. Okay, that's great. All right, and I'm so glad you're still doing it. You've been doing it for how many years? Uh, it's over 10 years now. OMG, that's awesome. All right. <laughs> okay, well, it's great to talk to you guys both, Kelly, as well. It's really great to hear your voice. I didn't say that earlier, but I miss you. And um, I miss both of you guys. So thank you for taking time out of your day today to talk about this great topic. And if you have any links and stuff you want me to share, just send them to me and we'll make sure to put them up with the show. Okay. Okay, Thanks for having Yeah, you guys. Nice talking to you, Tim. Yeah, bye, guys. Bye, Tim. Bye, Kelly. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye.
Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the topic. Ableism is such an interesting um, new term, and I'm really glad that it exists. So thank you again for listening, and stay tuned for a new show in May. It'll be all about summertime fun. So if you have any ideas, send them my way. My email address is at the bottom of the podcast page.